Yes, 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 yes. Another show. Another show. Welcome officially to Money Making Conversations. That's right. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to interviews with celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That is because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success because their stories can offer direction and help you reach your goals through planning and committed effort. The Money Making Conversation interviews provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds, and how to live a balanced life. My next guest is an actress, comedian, and entrepreneur. Her The Coca Brown Collection is a hobby turned passion turned cause. During this pandemic, with no acting gigs, comedy stand up club dates, or TV film roles to play right now, how is she making money? Because these times are not working for me. She's most notably known for her lead role in Tyler Perry's The Single Moms Club and For Better or Worse. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation the hilarious comedian actress, Coca Brown. Hey, how are you? I had to get all that out, girl. I'd set you up. No, I had, I had to set you up. Oh, you set me up lovely. Come on now, you know, because you got a big you resume set me now. Up good. I had to like go through and pick what I thought would be noteworthy because you got a body of work that's fantastic. But let's go to the beginning because, you know, you hit straight hot with me with the stand up comedy. And um, right. it's such a male dominated field. So how did you oh, get started? God. And how did you start carving out your brand, Coca? You know, it's funny. Um, I never in a million years thought I would be a com- comedian. I mean, you know, I want I, growing up, I wanted to be Claire Huxtable. Yes. And I don't I, I know she wasn't a real character, but in my mind, she was. She was she was achievable. So when I graduated college, um, I had done some internships and had gotten the job. And a friend of mine who thought I was thought I was funny all through college introduced me to a guy who owned a comedy club in D.C. at a barbecue. Mm-hmm. And I guess he had told him about me and he was like, man, she's really funny. So this thing I know he's invited me down to open mic. Right. I've never been afraid of a stage. I've been acting and doing theater since I was 10. Mm-hmm. But um, I went down to his club. I did open mic night. It was a very interesting night because I thought you have to try to be a comic. And I learned quite quickly that uh, trying to be a comic and being a comic are two different things. Right. Um, but when I realized they weren't laughing at me trying to be a comic and I just started rambling about the fact that I really worked at Ringland Brothers and I had a real job mm-hmm. and the crowd began to laugh, that's when I realized that people liked what's real, like what's real and relatable is what's funny. So um, it kind of bit me. I thought it was fun. I thought it was going to be like a, ho- a hobby, but it turned out to be um, more so of a uh, career because I ended up getting a mentor, uh, Darcel, the fat Dr. Blegemont, who recently passed away, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. But he mentored a lot of us DC comics, uh, right. you know, uh, Martin Lawrence, Tommy Davidson, Dave Chappelle, Donnell Rollins, I could go down the line. And um, he took me under his wing and he taught me the game. He taught me the business. And um, after a while, I realized that it took, it took my boss at Ringling Brothers to see something in me that I hadn't seen. She actually gave me the option of either quitting or her firing me because she had come to one of my shows and she said, you're wasting your time in this cubicle. You have a true talent. Mm -hmm. At Ringling Brothers. 
I was working for Greenland Brothers corporate offices, yes, mm-hmm. in Virginia. Up there. In the advertising Clowns and big a, elephants and uh, well, trapeze no, I artists. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking. That's what, you said the office. But this I was in the circus. I, no, no, I, no, I no, 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 no. I knew you weren't in the circus. <laughs> I'm just saying, but that's the brand that you were representing. Elephants yeah. and clowns and you exactly, know trapeze artists. Exactly. And here you are, just energetic, funny. Your friend been laughing at you all through college. He been laughing at you so much. He introduced you to the owner of a club at a barbecue, which is funny in itself. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, come over here. He was like, she needs to be a comic. Come over here. Stop I, eating I that potato no salad. I was auditioning. Stop eating that potato salad. Come I over am- here, girl. Put down that sweet potato pie. Come on here. Peach cobbler. Come on here, girl. I got some This girl funny right here. She funny. Funny, 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 funny. Now, so, and I know that's how I started in stand-up. You know, so you go on stage. It's it's not about being nervous. It's about a new experience. And you don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I just went on stage and I worked up some some things I thought were funny. And they did laugh at it. So that did help out the next step, which is to get back on stage again. And so... It really, it really allows for you to grow as a person. But like you said, but that wasn't your first love. Being on stage as an actress was your first love, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was 10 years old, um, my fifth grade teacher, Miss Marshall, who I have so much love for because she didn't even realize what she was doing. She put me the lead in a play in the fifth grade. Uh, I had so many lines and that was my first time in Everybody was like, oh, my God, like, you should be an actress. Like, you were so good, you know. But In the you know, fifth grade. From a very, in the fifth grade. In the fifth grade. In the fifth grade. Sign you uh, up. I played a... Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Coco like, out there, boy. Just slaying in the and, fifth grade. In the fifth grade, yeah. <laughs> my grandmother made my costume and everything. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but, um, you know, coming from a, such a traditional Southern family, mm-hmm. that was not an option. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to go to school, get good grades, get in a good and college, you go that. to college, meet a guy, get married, have some babies, and come home to my parents every Sunday for dinner. I wasn't supposed to be in no Hollywood. Right, right. But you did <laughs> you did go to college. You got your degree. I did. Now, did you get yeah, married? I got two degrees, actually. Got two degrees. So you were highly yeah. educated. You high, And what are degrees at? What are degrees at? What college? I have a bachelor's in mass communications with a focus in advertising, and I have a master's in secondary education. And what college? University of Phoenix. Uh, BC, Virginia Commonwealth University mm-hmm. with undergrad and University of Phoenix with ma- uh, graduate. That'll work. Now, we got all that, that good education behind you. Got all how you started. Now, right. did you go on the road being a comic first or did you move to be an actress first? What did you do? I went on the road to be a comic first. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just an adventure. I, when I look back at some of the crazy stuff I did, like work an eight-hour day at Ringling Brothers, get in my car at 6 p.m. at night, drive to New York to do a couple of open mics and drive back to Maryland or mm-hmm. back to Maryland where I live mm-hmm. and be at work the next morning by 8. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine doing that now. I would die. But back then, I was doing it three or four times a week like it was nothing. Right. Well, you had to. I, I know that. I worked for the IBM and um, I would be on stage three or four o'clock in the morning sometimes because, you know, when you're doing an open mic, a late mm-hmm. comic, you know, it's a lineup. It could be 20, 25 comics on that list. And exactly. Three exactly. Or four minutes it was and, so exciting to me, you know. And, and, you know, so and laugh spreads can make their set longer as well, you know. So so right. really. So I, when you talk about effort and you talk about dreams, that's why I'd like to talk about this sh- on this show is about, you know, there are no guarantees that there's a plan. But what is guaranteed 
guaranteed. If mm-hmm. you want to be successful, you have to put forth the effort. You have to make sacrifices. Absolutely. And that's what you were talking Absolutely. about, that drive up, you know. And we know that drive back was scary, you know, worrying about falling asleep, worrying about what I'm making on time, a right. lot of praying, putting your head out the window to stay awake, you know, driving with the air conditioner on, all kind of slapping yourself, all that kind of stuff you were doing on a regular basis to stay awake. I know because I did those techniques because I was crazy mm-hmm. just trying to get to that right. dream. Didn't know what the dream was. Right. Us, but just trying right. to get to that dream, and so exactly. So, so now you're going up New York. You you just starting to get your wheels on the year. Now, when did your first big break come, Coca Brown? Um, honestly, I think the first big break that got me noticed was Showtime at the Apollo mm. Mm. when they were doing the comedy TKO, and I went five rounds before I got eliminated. Mm. Um, that got me noticed by a lot of people in terms of management, promoters, clubs, things like that. Um, so I started working heavily. And then, um, I would say the next one after that most was, uh, Tyler Perry's for better or worse. Mm. Now, how did you get there? Cause Tyler's always getting new talent a shot. So did you audition it for it or you handpicked for it? How did that? Tyler is so influential. I've known him for a lot of years and I will. He's never he's he, he loves giving giving young people a shot, a first time actor. Yeah. Shot. T- tell us about that experience. It's funny. I auditioned for for better or worse, not knowing that Tyler had seen me at a comedy club in L.A. like about a year before that. Mm. And he had said that, you know, he wanted to, he, you know, he, he told me, he goes, when I saw you, I said, wow, I want to work with her. But at the time I didn't have, you know, a project. He said, but when I got for better, you know, when I wrote for better or worse and you came in the audition, I immediately remembered you. He said, and basically at that point you had the part. It was just cause she act. He goes, and you killed that audition so much. I didn't have to see anybody else after you. So you you not so knowing you not so that's knowing. That's a, now that's some pressure. Now that's some unknown pressure because if you'd have known yeah, going I didn't in, no, I went in just auditioning like anybody else. I didn't know that he had already seen me. Right. So you and knew of my work. I had no idea he knew of my work. So not knowing that you just went in and just did the coca thing, you know, did the coca thing, right. whatever I the coca thing audition. is, audition, got it, and so how many episodes did you do of, for better or worse? A hundred and. One hundred and sixty-seven. One hundred and sixty-seven. Sixty-eight. One hundred sixty-eight. Okay. One hundred sixty-eight. Now, what did that do for your brand as a stand-up comic? Now, now you, you know, because black oh, people, man. black people know you now. You know, Coca Brown, Coca Brown. Oh yeah. You know, oh still, yeah. Now, how I did how did the reaction start? Could you were you selling out dates in comedy clubs and small venues? How did that reaction start for you? And then when did you start noticing people knew who you were and was reacting to you, Coca? And it was probably after like the second season of For Better or Worse when, you know, when the first season I was more so, you know, I wasn't in every episode. Right. When we came back from the second season, Tyler had me in all the episodes and that's how it remained uh, from that day forward that my character Jennifer was in all the episodes. Mm -hmm. And people began to recognize me as Jennifer and so when I began to, you know, right around that time is when I started to really get into comedy clubs and um, the improvs and the funny bones and stuff started letting me in for a weekend, not just black night. You know what right. I mean? I know that's and right. So, and so 
I told them to specifically advertise it as Jennifer from Tyler Perry, for better or worse. Well, when I say it packed the room, I mean, Tyler Perry has a huge following. I mean, you can't even put a number on it. <laughs> and then you say that you're a part of one of his shows as a character that just opened up. I mean, people were lined up. And to this day, even with me now getting uh, a fan base from 911 on Fox, which is, which is a whole different fan Drama, base. which is a drama. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The for better or worse fans are so loyal. They still come out to my shows, pack out the shows, always ask me at the shows, then come back. So, I mean, it definitely impacted my career, especially my stand-up career. Mm-hmm. I mean, to this day, if I put from Tyler Perry's Single Moms Club and for better or worse, I can guarantee three quarters, if not more, that club going to be packed. With black folks coming in to see Coco Brown, Coco Brown, and, la- and, and, and excuse me, and Latinos, Latinos are huge fans. Of we're gonna talk Fair. about that on your social media, and when we come back, I'm going we're gonna get to the entrepreneurship side of Coco Brown. This is Rashad McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversation. You see it on 911. That's a little drama. You see it on the Single Moms Club. That's a big move. You've seen her on For Better <laughs> Work. That's 167 sitcom episodes. She's big time and she's on Money Making Conversation. That's Coca Brown. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald and you're listening to Money Making Conversation. She's still on the line. I've kept her for two breaks. Tyler Perry, you know, move back. Rashawn McDonald got her now. We got, Rashawn got Coca Brown now. <laughs> we know we talked about how she started. We talked about being a stand-up, which is the beauty of being a stand-up and an actress is because you can make money before another opportunity comes to you. And that's what I, that's the beauty of being a stand-up. And that's what she talks about. She talks about being an entrepreneur. She's out there, she's a businesswoman, you know. And a lot of people look at stand-ups as talent, but really, we're business people because we got to book our days, we got to hustle our days, we got to, sometimes we're out there at a club, we got to book our own air travel, hotel room, Mm -hmm. feed ourselves. If you get big enough, you got to get security and limos and car services and all these things. So when you become a stand-up, the early stages of a stand-up, you are uh, a small business, you are an entrepreneur, and you are self-employed. And so yes. you already had that skill set down pat when you became a working actress. Now, now it's like when you, when you're in this time now that we all got caught off guard by this by this pandemic. What are you doing right. to uh, you know keep yourself focused to be able to plan? Because we know it's going to end. We know we're going to get back out in the streets. We know we're going to get back out in the clubs. We're going to get back in the arenas. What are you doing right now during this period? Coca. You know, I am hustling my other businesses. I mean, it has been crazy that what has started out as hobbies have now become my main source of income. I have a CBD uh, business called the Coca Brown Collection that um, I sell CBD infused uh, body scrubs, body creams and hand sanitizers. And that has just taken off, especially with the hand sanitizers in the time that we're in now. Okay, you, you got then, hand sanitizer? Um, Dude, back up, back up, back yes up. Yes, I do. You got hand yes, sanitizer? I, I mean, yes, if I, I ordered a hand sanitizer right now, I can get it. Yes, for me. Yeah. Okay, now. All right, now. Let's tell everybody. <laughs> put, that, put that website on the line right now. So, and also, Coco Brown. Also, Coco Brown. I, I got a mailing list to over 90,000 fans. You know, I got almost oh, a million wow. social media followers. So, please give me a banner. Coco Brown. The collection. I will. I and will. I will put it on my social media because... Everybody's looking for that. You know, it's gotten to a point now that they're even advertising. They're, they're running national commercials for these masks 
the people are making masks. So yeah, and and, and they're price gouging it on Amazon. One bottle will cost you like fifty dollars. Yes, yes, yes. So so you have hand sanitizers. This is fantastic because yes. you know because mm-hmm. that's one of the things I tell people in their six steps is that you know you got to have your hand sanitizer when you leave the house. You know, in that way mm-hmm. you, can, you can especially when going into public environments when you when you get exactly. back in the car spray your hands before you touch your car keys and before you touch your your steering wheel. So there's a lot of things that we can deal with on a regular basis. This is sounding fantastic. So so continue along this line. You, you stop it right there because the business side of Rashawn had to come in and go, whoa, you got hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. You need to give you more And mind you, I, I, I realized there was a need for it because, you know, when, this, when, when you know, two months ago, mm-hmm. I didn't have hand sanitizer. But then mm-hmm. when I realized it was a need for it and I knew that I could make it and that I could give people this, you know, great scent and they could have it with or without CBD, um, it took off. You know, I sold out my first batch in, what, two days? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, then I have creams. And I also have body scrubs that are all CBD infused. Right. But then I started uh, making CBD infused goodies. I have brownies and cookies. Okay, let's go. I let's make go. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, what exactly is CBD? What exactly is that? CBD is all the benefits of marijuana without THC, without the marijuana residuals. Okay, so you're saying that now the marijuana residual is that the part that you know gets you, as they say, high? That's the part that gets you that gets you buzz. The, the buzz, give you the buzz. buzz, give you the buzz. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. CBD gives you all of the great benefits of cannabis. Inflama- you know, uh, relief of inflammation, anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, mm-hmm. sleeplessness. You know, sleep disorders, insomnia, depression, anxiety. But it doesn't have THC in it, which is what is the residue of weed that shows up in your drug test. Now, I give people the option. Do you want your edibles with THC or without THC? (laughs) Because some people are still working jobs that they get tested. They can't have that come in their test. But it still provides all the benefits for anxiety, depression, insomnia, pain, inflammation, things of that nature. Um, And the good thing is it's handmade. It's organic. And um, from what I've been told from all my wonderful customers, it's gooder than a mofo. It's like people have literally gotten their order that morning <laughs> and reordered stop, stop, that stop. evening. Don't you ever throw another old line like that on my radio show. Yes, okay. gooder than a mofo. Well, than a mofo. That, is like, that is like a 40-year-old line. I can't believe. You said you were old school. <laughs> now. You said old, old I'm soul. old school, baby. Coca. Coca Brown. Yeah, I can't believe you. Yeah, and you gotta understand these are my grandmother's recipes that I'm using. So you got, you know, a black woman and a Creole woman that taught me how to cook. So you know they know, you know they taste. Absolutely, absolutely. So, but before we get too deep, because I want to come back to the craveables, because in the beginning, during your intro, I stated that the Coca Brown collection is a hobby turned passion turn cause. Because yes. I want to talk mm-hmm. about the cause part of this. Yeah. Because it's very yes. important because one of my dear friends and one of my producers, I've been known over 20 years, she has lupus. So when, okay. I, when I talk about lupus, it's not something that I'm not familiar with. And I know the impact and she lives a very uh, quality, quality field life. She has a beautiful daughter. and But she also has to take medicine. So let's talk about the whole cause part of the, the Coca Brown collection. Right. Um, 
I partnered a year, a year and a half ago with a group called the Social Butterflies Network, Butterfly representing the butterfly rash that lupus patients get. And it's an organization that provides all kinds of services for lupus survivors. And it's a near and dear cause to me because my favorite aunt had lupus when I was growing up and she passed away when I was 21. And she was just, you know, so resilient. But I watched the transformation of this woman because of lupus. And to this day, there's no cure and they have such minimal research and really don't that they know it's an, um, an autoimmune disease. They know it's an no. autoimmune um, mm-hmm. disease. They know it attacks your nervous system and your immune system and all that. But they really don't put the effort in the research. They do the, all the other cancers and autoimmune uh, disease causes. So I partnered with them a year and a half ago to raise money for that. But then when I, began, when I created Minty Toes and my CBD-infused um, products, a lot of them were ordering it because it was aiding in the pain and discomfort they were getting from their fibromyalgia, things of that nature. So I, when I created the Coco Brown collection, I decided that from 10% of each sale would go towards social butterflies and lupus research. Wow. Congratulations. Because they're using it and they rave about it. I mean, I, I would say a good 45% of my customers of the Minty Toes uh, pain relief cream is lupus patients mm. and people who suffer from everything from uh, neuropathy, fibromyalgia, arthritis, mm-hmm. I mean, sciatic nerve issues. I mean, I've had everybody from lupus patients to fitness trainers to firemen, and I even have a podiatrist who endorses my Minty Toes and actually sells it in her office as an alternative to prescription creams. Congratulations. That's awesome. So, yeah. That really is awesome. You know, because really when I'm talking to you, you know, I'm talking to, um, that's the uh, the marketing side of you coming out, the communication and advertising side of you. Yeah. I I, I did a lot of marketing with advertising degrees. I I I still have all my marketing books, which is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the thing about it is, you know, for yourself is that as a comic, you're constantly selling Mm -hmm. yourself. You know, you, it's a reason you're successful. It's a reason that you say, hey, if you're going to market me at this club, make sure everybody know I'm Jennifer for, for better work. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Spell and, my name right. I mean, they're just such minor things. That say your name right. Let's, let's get that right. Say your name right, Coca. Say it right now. Coca. Yes, it's Coca <laughs> Brown, not Coco. But, you know, it's all good. As long as it's spelled right on my check at this point, I'm not going to trip. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but, you know, the thing about it is that my, my name's Rashawn. So, you know, a lot of people have come at me with a lot of a lot of their own versions of how Rashawn should be said. Right, out of their right. Mouth. I can imagine. And then, you know, and, and sometimes you just go, okay, long as this, but really it's your brand. And you're trying to build a brand that Absolutely. of respect, a, a, a brand of recognition. And so when I saw the way you enunciated your name, when it was, how it was spelled out, I went, that's awesome. She's, she's, she's controlling her voice. She's controlling her brand and dictating it too, because of the fact that, yeah, it gets, it gets spelled right on the check. But boy, when just a stranger walk up to you and said, right. Cause that's, that's what I knew. I was kind of making it a little bit there. Coco, when, when I didn't even know people, Hey, Rashawn. I don't even know who you are. Right. Because I used to, I, right, because right. I used to be able to tell people who knew me and didn't know me by how they said my name. I go, okay, I never met this dude in my life. Yep. Hey, Russian. Okay, I've never met this dude in my life. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and exactly. so and so that really helped me to start defining that, okay, by by getting more and more people saying my name right, really 
means my marketing and my branding is uh, and my and my my brand awareness is working. And so a lot of people understand that. Like, you know, Apple wants to be said correctly. You know, right. IBM wants their name to be spelled correctly. IBM is said correctly. You know, Google wants their name to be said correctly. And so all these things are very important. We talk about marketing and branding because that's all you've dealt with from day one. You know, when you say five years old and, and remembering all these lines, that means that there was an effort to way back enough fifth grade when you was in the fifth grade, all these lines, that was an effort, but you still prepared and, and, and achieved. And as and that work ethic people saw in you went, she's special. Because guess what? If you gave me a lot of lines in the fifth grade, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have remembered or wouldn't even care to have done them. Because that wasn't my passion. Right. That wasn't my passion. And so you've been able to carry a passion all these years. And now you're a successful talent. And now you're a successful businesswoman. What are the next steps? Because you're a single parent, correct? Yes, I'm a single mother. Yes, I am. Yes, <laughs> hold on, hold on, Coca. Did I stun you there? Did I, did I... <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> and yes, you're, you're a single parent. What did he just say? Single parent. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes, yes. I'm a single mom. That's yes, right. I'm a single parent. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So, I was married once. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> right. So let's talk about the whole balanced life now because, you know, you're acting, you're traveling, you're, you know, you're a businesswoman. Uh, now, you, now you're talking about this whole product line that you have out there. And then you are a, a mom, single mom. Talk about how you balance all that. Um, you know, by the grace of God in a great village, uh, you know, I have always had a great village around me, especially, you know, after I left, you know, my marriage and became a single mom, I've always had a great village around mm -hmm. me to help me with my son from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm very adamant about, you know, building a great village around you as a single parent, right. you know, much as we would like to think we're super people, you know, super superheroes. You know, we can't do it all by ourselves and we do need help and we have to always remember that, you know, and I've always been grateful. And then, too, I mean, I'm just going to brag a little bit. I have an amazing kid. I have an amazing kid. His resilient mm -hmm. understanding mm -hmm. uh, of what mommy does um, and what I have to do for a living. I mean... He gets it, you know, even, you know, he has his moments where he just wants his mommy right. and, you know, and I give him that. I mean, this is the most time that we have been with each other constantly right. with no distractions. I mean, you know, well, well, mommy's physically here day in and day out. Right. It has been for almost two months. Right. So, um, that's interesting. That's, and then that's, that's the good side of the pandemic because I'm the same way with my daughter, you know, uh, you know, she's 22, a, a senior in college and, you know, all those okay. years of raising her, I was on the road. I was traveling. Plus she was a, yeah. she was a, a tennis star. And so tennis prodigy. Okay. So she was always traveling all over the country. So, you know, we, last night we playing dance, we tap dance fever every day. I'm playing with her, you know, beating her with calories, you know, how dad beat me, he's losing more calories in the dance. So I know what that, that, that part of this whole thing is, is real special to me. And I can hear it come out of your voice. But before we end this interview, I want to go back to these craveables and I want you to tell people how to, where they can go to follow you as well as to buy some of your products. Showtime. Show. Okay, great. Great. All right. You guys can uh, go right now to the Coca Brown collection. That's T H E C O C O A Brown 
www.thecoconutcollection.com. There you'll find all of my wonderful CBD creams and body scrubs, hand sanitizers. And I also, as a bonus, have lashes. (laughs) (laughs) You guys... You know, and you guys can also, if you'd like to order some of the cocoa cravables, we have brownies, cookies, pound cakes, cupcakes. Um, you can order them at cocos cravables at gmail.com. That's C O C O A C R A V E A P L E S at gmail.com. That's cocos cravables. And if you don't want to do all of that, you can easily go to my Instagram at coca brown one funny mama dot com. Follow me, I mean, excuse me, Coco Brown, One Funny Mama at Instagram. Follow me, shoot me a DM. All you got to do is put in the C-O-C-O-A-B. You'll see Coco Brown, One Funny Mama with the blue check. Check that, that's me. And I'll be able to get you orders as well and point you in the right direction. I love you. I, you owe me two banners, Coco Brown. You owe me the banner for the hand sanitizer. I got you. I will send those to you. And you owe me a you. banner for these cravables because they got to be craving. What you, what you just ran off, I went, pound cake. Did you say pound cake? So I'm there with you. And I want to thank you, Coco Brown, for coming on my show, Money Making Conversation. Pretty, I really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me, Rashawn. Thank you. Thank you. This is Rashawn McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversation. If you want to hear more interviews of Money Making Conversation, go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.